The TalkLine Network proudly presents its flagship program, TalkLine with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast, the pulse beat of the Jewish community. And now, your host, Zev Brenner. And welcome to another edition of TalkLine. I am Zev Brenner. we got a great show for you tonight. But first, I want to tell you we're glad to be here with you, as we are every Sunday night from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. here on WOR 710 on the AM dial. And if you missed any of our past shows, by the way, you can always go to TalkLineNetwork.com. That will connect you with all the major podcast platforms where we have our podcasts. But I suggest you follow us on YouTube. And please become a subscriber of Zev Brenner on YouTube. We also broadcast 24 hours a day. If you want to find our full broadcast schedule, including other stations that carry us, it's TalkLineNetwork.com. TalkLineNetwork.com. We also broadcast 24 hours a day on our 24-hour-a-day listen line, 641-793-0382, Tonight we got a great show for you. You know, there was a plot by two individuals to kill Jews in New York. It was foiled by the New York Police Department. We'll be speaking to Inspector Richard Taylor. He is the top Orthodox Jew in the New York Police the police Department. We'll talk about the plot and what they discovered and the threat to New York Jews that, thank God, was averted thanks to the NYPD and the FBI. Also tonight, non-Jewish nanny to the Orthodox community, TikTok and Instagram sensation, Adriana Fernandez joins us, talks about how she knows more about kosher than lots of Jews. Talk about her experiences being a non-Jewish nanny to the Orthodox Jewish community. You don't want to miss our special broadcast. We're America's only Jewish radio programs on regular broadcast radio on the Internet and digital platforms. We commence right after these messages. Hi, I'm Dr. Vossen, the city's doctor. It's that time of year again for your annual flu shot. And with COVID-19 still around, it's just as important to stay up to date with your COVID-19 vaccinations. COVID-19 and the flu have similar symptoms like fatigue, body aches, headache, sore throat, congestion, and runny nose, and both can make you severely ill. So if you have symptoms, it's important to get tested for COVID-19 and flu to know what to do next. The new Stronger COVID-19 Booster and the annual flu vaccine are available at doctor's offices, pharmacies, and vaccination sites across the city. So why not save yourself some time and get both shots together? It's safe and effective. I did it, and I'm glad I did the time to get your COVID-19 booster and flu shot is now. For more information on flu, visit nyc.gov slash health slash flu. And for more information on the COVID-19 vaccine, visit nyc.gov slash COVID vaccine. Are you looking to connect with like-minded entrepreneurs, share ideas, and build valuable relationships? Well, I have good news for you. We are hosting a live collaborative event with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, November 23rd at the Brookhaven Mall from 4 to 9 p.m. This is going to be a unique opportunity for us to come together and add tremendous value. If you are looking to grow your business, generate more referrals, and earn more profits, then join us to learn from renowned experts. Register at referraleventlive.com. Again, that is referraleventlive.com. One more time, that is referraleventlive.com. One of the most important Jewish institutions in the world today is Talkline with Zeb Brenner. 
he is so smart and he is so innovative and he has so many interesting guests. I don't know what Yiddishkeit, I don't know what New York, I don't know what the world would do without Zev. So Zev, Yashikoch, may you go from strength to strength and keep keep informing us and educating us and keep fighting for Jewish values. You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host. And we're back. It's always a pleasure to have top-ranking, yarmulke-wearing individual in the police department of New York. We're very pleased that he's there in such an important position. And he's a good friend of the Jewish community. Obviously, he's a very important part of the Jewish community. And he's always there and he does such important work. Inspector Richard Taylor, commander of the NYPD, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Zach. Thank you. So the news coming out today was how a major tragedy was averted by the arrest of two individuals who had weapons and guns and were looking to kill Jews in the metropolitan New York area. Tell us about the arrests. I know it was combined with the FBI. Tell us about what happened. So actually, just before I start, I just want to say that I told my, my wife, my kids, that I'm going to be on your show, and they get, always get excited when I come on your show. And they looked at your website, and they saw that just before me, you had the non-Jewish nanny, Adriana Fernandez. I think they got much more excited by her than by me. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, well, we're excited when she was on, but you're always excited to have on there because you do so much for all of us. But uh, for your children, you know, yes, uh, she's a TikTok sensation, but you're also a TikTok sensation that you make. <laughs> <laughs> and you as well as that. Uh, yeah, you, you always have a, uh, a great lineup, very entertaining and very, very informative. So thank you. That's everything that you do. Thank we you. had a very serious, uh, very serious situation last night. We got, obviously, it's still an active investigation. So just to be as direct as possible, as informative as possible to your listeners, we had very serious, very credible information that there was an individual to individual seeking to do serious harm to the Jewish community, to the Jewish community that had to be stopped. We got to work right away, our Joint Terrorist Task Force, consisting of multi-agencies, including the NYPD, the FBI, Port Authority Police, many federal partners, did a lot of work on this, immediate work on this, which, as you said, led to the arrest um, of two people who certainly, certainly were looking to do harm to to the Jewish community. Well, tell us about these two individuals, because they had, one of them had a gun, they had knives. Um, I don't know what else they found with them. So perhaps you could tell us who they are and, wh- and where we're holding in the investigation. Did they have we other people uncover, that were involved with? We did uncover uh, an illegal Glock 17 firearm with 30 round and a 30 round magazine, as well as a large hunting knife. Other items that are concerning in regards to, you know, doing harm to people. These uh, these individuals were certainly intent on causing tremendous, tremendous harm. And again, the great work of the Joint Terrorist Task Force, our federal partners, NYPD, the MTA, we were able to make arrests and stop it. That's what it's about. It's about sharing information. It's about teamwork. I just wanted for the viewers, to the listeners, I just wanted to put a phone number out here. We have a counterterrorism hotline, 888-NYC-SAFE. Again, the phone number is 888 888- NYC safe, which is 888-692-7233. That phone number is directly to the NYPD's intelligence counter 
the bureau, if there's anything that seems out of the ordinary, a lot of times people are hesitant to call 911. Even if they see something suspicious, many times they feel they don't want to bother 911, so they ignore it, they walk away, and they don't call. So that's a great resource to that person who doesn't want to make that 911 call, but still feels uncomfortable by something that he said he see, whether it's a backpack or a suitcase in front of a house of worship, whether it's a vehicle parked somewhere, whether it's a suspicious person taking pictures. Again, many times people will see that and not want to, in their words, bother 911. That's never a bother, but that number is the best way to get a hold of the NYPD to give us that information. Again, it's 888-NYC-SAFE, which is 888-692-7233. It's about vigilance. It's also about partnership. It's about access. A lot goes on behind the scenes. Just wanted to speak about last night directly, Friday night. I get notified by the NYPD Intelligence Bureau with regards to the information that is now public. So I immediately got on the phone with leaders of Hatsala, leaders of Shomron, to get the information out. We had a photo of the individual, which was put out to the Hatsala members and Shomron members. And, and, know, and that I, photo was mm-hmm. before they apprehended him, right? Yeah, this was before the apprehension, yeah. Because it was, because it was Shabbos Friday night, as we know, over, nine, over 99% of the Jewish community who keep Shabbos, they don't have phones on them. So it's hard to get that electronically. But every hotel member and every show member, for the most part, they have their phones, they have their radios. So I had a conference call with the leadership of Hebra Hotel, and that's the entire citywide hotel. I just wanted to, uh, to mention David Chipper, um, Ellie Serebrowski, Abby Wurzberger, incredible people, incredible dedicated people, Simcar um, Spurzenberger, who, uh, who truly truly got on the uh, got on the initiative of it and got that message out. You know, Yidol Deitch, W19, put out the message. I told him under the leadership of Yechiel Kalis of Central Atzala and my school of Bermslapash, it was a great partnership to get that message out. And yes, as you said, as you asked before, that was before the apprehension was made. And then so speaking about Shomer, great leaders as well, C. Wild, Toby Chicalo, Yankee Itzkowitz, you know, just a great team. And then, but Papa should tell you, you know, like I mentioned, Mike Schwilliger, Zisha Lax. You know, it's just a, a great team together. We have Al Cordelier and David Eskiel. does an incredible job. And that's all that's set the tone by the mayor. You know, Mayor Eric Adams, a very hands-on mayor. We've, I've never seen a mayor so hands-on, so into public safety. Under his leadership, he has a great team. Joel Eisdorfer, who serves as senior vice of the mayor. We have Fred Kreisman, the commissioner of the mayor's community, community affairs unit. Manasha Shapiro, deputy chief of staff to the mayor. This is what it's about. That's when it's set to the police department. You have, you know, Deputy Commissioner of Community Affairs, Mark Stewart, the Chief of Patrol, Jeff Madry. And I was on the phone last night on Chavez. I was on the phone with the uh, Chief of Intelligence, Tom Galati, and Deputy Chief of, of Intelligence, John Hart, getting the information, getting real-time, real-time networking onto what we have here. Before I made that phone call, before we made that conference call with Atella, before the decision was made to have a transmission go on the Atella radio on a Friday night, asking every Hassel member to check their emails for that photo. And I'll tell you more in a moment. You know, the decision has to be made on how credible this is a threat, and is it truly cross-nefesh, is it truly life-threatening? And the answer that I felt, with again, in, in cooperation with the Intelligence Bureau of what we had, the answer was certainly yes. The biggest crisis, the biggest responsibility to have over 2,000 people check their emails on Chavez. But if you look at the circumstance of what we had, and of course, resulting in the arrest, is a resounding yes. Now, do we have know if they have any accomplices who helped them as far as getting some of the weapons 
Do we know who the targets are? One of the, I believe one of the men arrested was from the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Do we know who they were targeting? So there's no specific synagogue, no specific shul, no specific borough, which is why, like I mentioned, we had 2,000 people checking your emails. The idea we had something in place at 6 in the morning. We were, we were hopeful. We were optimistic with the information that we had with our partners that an arrest should be, should be made you know, by 6 a.m. We were very hopeful, very optimistic because of very hard work. And thank God that happened. But there was a plan in place at 6 in the morning on Shabbos. If there was no arrest yet, we had a full citywide contingent consisting of Hatzalah members and Shomer members that were going to go to, I would say, every synagogue, every house of worship that's of the Jewish faith, because that's what, that's what was targeted, every synagogue in New York City with a photo with information of what we had, and distribute that to every synagogue from six in the morning until the service. Was there inqu- until until what, when was this? When were these two men apprehended by the police? They were apprehended at approximately eleven twenty p.m. Yeah. So during the daytime, was there increased police presence in different shuls throughout the New York area, in addition to contacting Hatzalah and other Jewish groups? You say daytime. You mean t- today or Friday? Today and Friday. Yes. Yeah. So as soon as he got the so, threat. As soon as the came in, there was an immediate deployment of, of additional police resources, police presence to shuls. Absolutely, there were. That was with Chief Jeffrey Madry, the Chief of Patrol. It was with uh, Deputy Commissioner of Police Affairs, Mark Stewart, under the leadership of Police Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell. Again, very hands-on police commissioner, a great police commissioner, who directed a full response as soon as we had information of this of this threat. Yes, we did. And that's what we we'll always do. And that's why you see the mayor's social media accounts. You see the mayor, again, very hands-on very, very into public safety directly. He sets the tone. He empowers us as police leadership to write down to the police officer on the street to serve the community, to be there for the community, to understand the concerns and the fear of the community. You know, it's not just the police department's job to keep, people, to keep people safe, but it's equally important for us to make people feel safe as much as we can. And that's what we do. Because, you know, it's frightening, but according to a recent report, the FBI director said the Jewish community is under threat from all sides. And in fact, 63% of all religiously motivated violent extremism incidents in the United States were motivated by anti-Semitism against the Jewish population. It totals only 2.4% of the American public. That's shocking. 63% are Jews are being attacked. So... Uh, this is something which is very dangerous, and uh, and this is just only one incident, but it could be a tip of the iceberg. So the question, though, is what are we doing to enhance security overall? It's a great question. I'll answer it like this. So the work that we did last night, you hear about the work that we did last night, arrest at Penn Station, arrest with our MTA police partners. That, you know, they always say that action speaks louder words. Last night, on Friday night, we had a serious threat. That bull got rolling, and an arrest is made. Thank God, Baruch Hashem, thank God. Just a couple hours later, that is an incredible amount of police work. We have a Glock 17 firearm recovered with a 30-round magazine, large hunting knife recovered. That's an incredible and incredible victory for law enforcement. It shows and sends a clear message to anyone looking to do harm to anyone in New York City, to any communities in New York City, that you will be arrested, you will be apprehended, and you will be prosecuted. Every terrorist, every criminal should take notice to this. 
because this absolutely sends a clear message to anyone looking to do harm, not just to the Jewish community, but to any community. We will never tolerate criminal activity. We'll never tolerate fear. We'll never tolerate terrorism. And we will always use swift police resources to combat that. There are plenty, plenty of blankets of police protection that covers the people of New York City, many that you do see, but also many that you don't see, whether it's our social media, whether it's our investigators online, whether it's our investigators undercover, but we have a tremendous amount of resources that we use legally and professionally. Our guest is Inspector Richie Taylor, the highest-ranking Orthodox Jew, at least the highest-ranking Yarmulke-wearing Orthodox Jew in the police department. We're, we're talking about a plot that was foiled by two individuals in the New York area to kill Jews around New York. We're going to be right back. Are you looking to connect with like-minded entrepreneurs, share ideas, and build valuable relationships? Well, I have good news for you. We are hosting a live collaborative event with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, November 23rd at the Brookhaven Mall from 4 to 9 p.m. This is going to be a unique opportunity for us to come together and add tremendous value if you are looking to grow your business, generate more referrals, and earn more profits, then join us to learn from renowned experts. Register at referraleventlive.com. Again, that is referraleventlive.com. One more time, that is referraleventlive.com. You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to the program. I'm Zev Brenner. Our guest is NYPD Inspector Commander Richie Taylor, the highest-ranking yarmulke-wearing Orthodox Jew in the police department. We're looking at a plot foiled by the police department and the FBI of two individuals who wanted to kill Jews in New York. As far as we know, these two individuals, were they targeting synagogues? Yes, we believe so. We yeah. believe so, okay. Synagogues. synagogues. So, the, Jewish so, yes. the Jewish community, And, of course, was this threat for today for Shabbos, because they were apprehended, was the threat for today? It was a real-time threat that was active from last night that we had reason to believe was going to be carried out soon. We did not believe that they were going, they were going to wait. We believe that they wanted to do it soon. When you say soon, what was today was just Shabbos. So was today the intended target of when these two individuals wanted to do their dastardly deeds? Again, like I said, we had the information late last night. We believed that really at their opportunity to inflict harm, their first opportunity, they would utilize that, which is why we took that immediate action. We weren't going to wait a day or two days or three days. We believe that as soon as they can commit an action against a group of people, we believe they would. They had no reason to wait on this one. We're not going to wait for them to do something. We're going to be proactive and be out there with swift police and legal police action that we build a trust with the community. We build a trust with every community, and every community should look into this and to see that when they go to a house of worship, they go to a synagogue, they can rest assured that they can concentrate on their prayers, on the service, and and they uh, don't have to worry as much about security. Leave that to us. However, like I said, that phone number, 888-NYC-SAFE, is a tremendous and great resource to anyone, again, who sees something suspicious. And again, they may not want to call 911, but that phone number is the best tool, 888-NYC-SAFE, for anything that stands out as suspicious. Again, 
a suitcase, a car, a backpack, somebody looking around, taking pictures. Give us that phone call. Many times we'll get other phone calls and we may be able, we may be able to connect that to something that is unknown by that caller. So always give us that information. Again, like we say, like we always say, if you see something, say something. And that's so, so important. Now, what should shuls be doing that they're not doing? Because obviously this was directed to shuls. You have two in the view. We apprehended them. But there's so much anti-Semitism that's lately coming to the fore. So will there be training sessions for shuls, how to protect themselves for individuals because we're so much at risk? And while other ethnic groups also have issues, I think we're the number one in the United States based on the FBI report. So I was curious to know if there's anything going to be done in the future weeks to work with the Jewish community to make sure that the institutions are safe. So one thing I did want to say is that we offer a free crime prevention survey to any house of worship and every house of worship in New York City. What that means, you call the precinct, anyone has the precinct phone number, and you can use any search engine and find the precinct phone number. If you don't know where your precinct is, you can do a Google search. You can do any type of online search with using any engine for an online search. Find my NYPD precinct. That will bring you to a link to put in your address. You put in your address, you'll see actually, you not only see your precinct that you live in or the house of worship is in, you will see who your NCOs are. NCOs are neighborhood coordination officers. You will see the sector. Every precinct in the city is divided into sectors. That means that we have, say, three or four or five different areas of every precinct that are called sector A, B, C, D, or E. Depending on which precinct you're in, we have three to five sectors in every precinct. You can see which officers in that precinct are your neighborhood coordination officers. We give you the email addresses and the phone numbers, depending on who it is. You email, you call, that you'd like a crime prevention survey for your house of worship. They'll get you in touch with a crime prevention officer and absolutely free and absolutely confidential. A crime prevention survey will be given to your house of worship, the leadership, whether it's the president, the rabbi, that will show exactly what we believe can help secure your house of worship. And a lot of times, the vast majority of times, it's not an expensive fix if we see something that's sufficient. For example, we may find a lack of lighting. We may find overgrown bushes. We may find something that's so easy to correct but can secure your house of worship so much that it's not noticeable to someone who sees something every day, but to a trained professional police officer who's actually trained in the crime prevention course of the NYPD, the six-day course that goes into a very thorough amount of detail about security, about residences, about buildings and houses of worship, where we look for things about security. And again, the recommendations that we make, whether it's some type of lock, whether it's, again, like I mentioned, like lighting, it's an easy fix many times, and it's a very inexpensive fix, but it can bring so much more security to your house of worship. That's why I just wanted to put that out there again. Any search engine online, and you type in NYPD, find my precinct, or find my NYPD precinct. It'll give you a search bar with an address. You put your address in. It'll show you which precinct that building is in. It'll give you the sector that you're in. It'll give you the two police officers who are responsible as the neighborhood coordination officers for that sector with their contact information. There's two per sector. You can contact both of them at the same time, even by email. Say, you know, I'm Rabbi so-and-so. I'm so-and-so, the president of the synagogue. I would like a crime prevention survey for my synagogue. They'll get back to you, and they'll set it up. Again, it's 100% free. It's 100% done by professionals of the NYPD, and it can truly, truly enhance security 
to a house of worship and to any buildings greatly at sometimes such a low, low cost. And again, not, that's not just the synagogues, also for residential locations, a house, apartment building, buildings. It's such a great resource, it's a great tool that we just encourage as many people as we can to take advantage of that to help help harden. No, it's so important. We're going to give that information again. Uh, where, where can people contact you, actually the police department, so they can take advantage of the resources to try to protect us all? What's that number again? So I'm going to give a couple of, of contact information now. Like I said, if you go to any search engine online and you type in find my NYPD precinct, do you have a phone with you actually right now? I have a phone with me, yes. you want to do it quickly while we're on here? Um, let's let's just give out the number again. It'll be much easier. So if you do a search for find my NYPD precinct, I'm actually doing it right now. It comes onto a um, into right away NYPD.gov website. I see it right now. Find your precinct inspector. I'm already on there. I put in any address. Now go like I mentioned to the precinct to the sector. So any search of find my NYPD precinct that will immediately you to that search, and that will absolutely absolutely give you the two police officers responsible for that sector that will help you with that crime prevention survey. And if you don't have access to the internet, then you can simply just call 311, give them your address, and they will give you the phone number to your precinct. So if someone listening does not have access to the internet, by calling 311, they will also do the same thing. You get an operator pretty quickly, depending on when you call, but it's pretty swiftly, pretty quick. And an operator will look up your address for you and we'll give you the same information, your precinct, your sectors, and contact information for those police officers. And I want to thank you for your service, because I, I know and I know you for so many years, Inspector Richard Taylor, Commander at NYPD, the New York Police Department, for doing such wonderful work. And this was such a big thing to apprehend two criminals, who thugs who wanted to inflict harm, who wanted to kill Jews, and due to the Quick thinking of the NYPD and the FBI, they're able to stop this attack. May you continue in success. Thank you for your service. Thank you for all you do. I know it's not easy, but you're there always with a smile. And uh, and, and I'm telling this is for your kids, uh, Richie. Your, your father is a star. He may not be on TikTok, but he's the biggest star. So. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, Thank it's you, really true because you're saving lives each and every day. It's a 365-day-a-week job that you have. So... Congratulations! I just want to reiterate: it's not really, not really me at all. It's a tremendous, tremendous network of people, of teamwork. You know, Natalie Roseberg and Dr. Shomrim, like I mentioned, the Shomrim guys, T. Wild from Baruch Moskowitz. It's the fellow guys, the leadership who I all mentioned just before. It's the people, and again, the tone is set directly from the mayor himself, from Mayor Eric Adams, to Police Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell, right down the line, from every rank to the police officer on the beat. The tone is set about public service. The tone is set to ensure that public safety priority, which it is. There's no coincidence that this arrest was made just a couple hours after we get, got this intelligence warning. It was a tremendous amount of work that went into it. It was a tremendous amount of partnership and details that went into it. It was not by accident whatsoever. It was an extremely intensive search, tremendous amount of information sharing, and a flawless operation with many, many partners leading to those arrests. And again, like I mentioned, that sets the tone to any criminal, to any person who feels they can commit a terrorist attack against anyone in New York City, any community in, in any community in New York City. You're arrested and you'll be prosecuted. 
Thank you again for your service. I look forward to having you back and I hope you get some sleep. I know it's been a busy day apprehending these two uh, people who want to. Well, I just, hey, thank you so much. Actually, just on that note, I wanted to end off like you're mentioning, like you're mentioning so much tonight that we do have those 6,500 meals that are being served at the Lubavitch Conference in New Jersey. It's no secret also that we have a tremendous, a tremendous gathering also in Brooklyn, 770. We have a tremendous amount of, of activity tomorrow in the Jewish community, and we have a tremendous amount of police resources there to it, a tremendous amount of intelligence to that. And we also and we also have a great amount of a large partnership, a large network of partnership to keep everybody safe. And with that, uh, I want to thank you, and that leads into our segue. So uh, thank you, uh, Richie Taylor, Inspector Richard Taylor, for all that you do. Look forward to have you back again, and uh, I'm I'll sure you— I'll be, And I'll be at 7.30 tomorrow. If you're rounds up, it'll be great to see you. I'm hoping you go to the Shulman Conference. We're going to talk about it in just a moment. So, I'll but, see you there, Zeb. I'll see you there. God willing. Great job. Willing. Great job um, that you're doing. Richie Taylor, the Inspector Richard Taylor, here on the TalkLine Network. Are you looking to connect with like-minded entrepreneurs, share ideas, and build valuable relationships? Well, I have good news for you. We are hosting a live collaborative event with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, November 23rd at the Brookhaven Mall from 4 to 9 p.m. This is going to be a unique opportunity for us to come together and add tremendous value if you are looking to grow your business, generate more referrals, and earn more profits, then join us to learn from renowned experts. Register at referraleventlive.com. Again, that is referraleventlive.com. One more time, that is referraleventlive.com. COVID-19 variants are still around. It's a good thing there are new boosters targeted to take them out. The new bivalent boosters are here. Bullseye. Everyone five and older should get boosted today. To learn more, visit nyc.gov slash vaccine finder or call 877-VAX4-NYC. Welcome back to the program, Mom Zebrenna. Our guest is a TikTok Instagram sensation, and uh, she's been she knows more about kosher than most kosher people do. She's a non-Jewish nanny to the kosher community, and uh, she, as I said, has become a, she's an opera star. But she's been spending a lot of time on TikTok. She's gotten a big following of Orthodox Jews around the country, who now appreciate what she does. She has a big following. So, Adriana. Thank you for joining us, uh, Adriana Fernandez. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. So tell me, how did you get involved in becoming a nanny to the Orthodox Jewish community? I mean, basically, I just thought I was picking up a typical nanny job on Care.com. It was like a side job that I didn't really need, but it quickly became a passion of mine. Uh, so I started working more as a nanny. But yeah, I didn't even know anything about Judaism or if they were Jewish. The mom was basically like, is it okay if we're Jewish? I was like, of course. Why does that even matter? I do know now that it, that does matter in today's day and age, unfortunately. But uh, it didn't matter to me. And uh, now, like, my name just got around. The kids love me. And everything just took off. We have a lot of things. Here's, here's something that you did about Shabbos. Let me just explain the hold the Jewish community has on me. <laughs> I leave my last appointment today, 6.41, it's obviously Shabbos, and I'm like, oh, I really need to stop at the store before I go home, and then I was like, 
Shabbos, everything's closed. And I was like, wait, it's not closed, Adriana. It's not closed. You're not even Jewish. But it just still feels like some sort of a crime for me to be like, oh, yeah, like, let me whip out my card and, like, go to the store now. Like, everything's closed in my mind because that's my world I live in. I work in all day long, all week. And, you know, Shabbos is really, like, Shabbos for me, too, because no one texts me. No one likes my videos. Like, no one hits my line because, like, everyone's everyone's quiet. All is quiet. Good night, moon. Good night, lamp. Good night, mouse. Good night, Shabbos. <laughs> okay. So that's some of the things that you've been posting. So did you ever dream that you become such a, have such a following in the Orthodox Church? Oh, no. For the longest time, I always kind of felt, and I feel like a good thing I try to promote is, like, I feel like a lot of Orthodox Jewish people feel that, like, maybe non-Jewish people don't like them or judge them. But if anything, I kind of felt like, oh, my gosh, these people live their lives so pure and so, like, I don't know what word to use, like, good. But I think they're just really great people that sometimes I felt like in the beginning, like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm not really good enough to be part of their lives. But like the closer and closer I got to all of their families and how much I loved like them and their traditions and families, I started feeling like and also they made it known to me that like, oh, like we really love you and like we love the way you take care of our kids and we love the effort and and care you put into our culture and religion. And that's why I kept getting jobs and becoming part of their community in life. And so now I have a completely different outlook in the sense that like, I don't feel uh, I don't feel weird or an, like an outsider in the sense because I do take so much time to learn. Now, what did you know about Jews and Jewish traditions before you started becoming a nanny to the Orthodox? Nothing. Nothing. You didn't like, know anything nothing. about Jews, or like no, I mean, obviously we know the simple facts. I feel like of like history, but no, like I did not know. I didn't even know about Shabbos. No, like none of it. <laughs> what What was the hardest part for you when you started? working in the Orthodox Jewish Council. I think the separate dishes and sink was um was definitely it wasn't hard. It just was like, oh okay, that's how it is. Same thing with like, you know, all the tapes and that's the thing. The kids would be like, no, the dairy goes on this side of the sink. That's because there's a blue sticker. Like you see, like, oh look, this silverware is blue because this means for dairy or we only use plastic for all of our snacks and stuff. Like this is only for meat. And I was like, oh okay. Like I just started realizing like day by day and there's really not one thing that stuck out insanely specific. Obviously, shaitels are a lot. There's a lot of Pesach things that are different as well for me. But like everything for me is like, oh, I I don't ever put it past Judaism to surprise me is how I feel. Oh, so you had a lot of learning to do. Now, you grew up Catholic. Um, did you? No, have... not Catholic. Um, but just... you went to a Catholic school, correct? I went to like a private Christian school. Um, some would call it Catholic. That's whatever. It's same denomination essentially. But uh, yeah, n no way did I grow up with a faith that was like as ingrained in my day to day lifestyle as Judaism. So to see people live their life that way, it was pretty inspiring. Now, how'd you get the Jewish accent? I have the Jewish accent. No, you have a little bit. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm from Florida. My mom's from Connecticut, though, so that could be from. My northern side, I suppose, but everything else, I just try to correctly pronounce the word. What has been your biggest challenge aside from the dishes, the dairy, and the meat? What about Pesach? Maybe, maybe I mean Pesach. 
I was more just confusing and I was like, oh, I'm actually going to be starting a series learning a lot more about Pesach as it's coming up in the far future. But uh, dressing Sneas was actually a really big challenge, which is funny because now I know how to dress Sneas very well and very stylish. So something that I've been working on and now I think I'm better at. <laughs> was that hard for you to dress more modestly to dress Sneas on the job? It wasn't the fact that it was like, oh, it's modest. It's the fact that um, that it's very hot in Florida. And so I also didn't really understand the same rules. Like growing up, I feel like the the rules of modesty were like, oh, your shorts are too short or like, oh, your bikini's too revealing. But like things like your collarbone or your shoulder was not necessarily something that uh, I was thinking would be like an issue and then I realized oh it was like you know the sleeves depending on your level of observance like the sleeves need to be longer on your shirts it could be mid sleeve half sleeve t-shirt long sleeve depending same thing with the skirts so um I don't know it's just all different learning about understanding people's different levels and preferences and now I'm pretty good about it that's pretty good so and, and about how many orthodox households have you actually worked in so many like so I can't even I can't even give you a number. It's like I have obviously so many houses in this community, but then I also do so many like people who are visiting hotels, travel. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> now, do you, do you use Hasidish Shkita or? <laughs> no, I don't know what that means. Oh, okay. I'm surprised they haven't they, they haven't taught you about Hasidish Shkita. It means that it's it's slaughtered according to the Hasidic to the Hasidic you know way of doing it. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, if I have okay. Or... So none of my people are Hasidic. I feel like I've had more people like families who are more Orthodox than Hasidic, like or more Orthodox like than modern. I guess is what I suppose. But most of my families are Orthodox or modern Orthodox. I guess yeshivish. You heard that expression, I'm sure, right? Yeah, yeah, yeshivish for sure. Definitely for sure. Okay. Now, how do your friends take to the fact that you're become this darling to the Orthodox Jewish community? I honestly, first of all, I barely see my friends anymore because I'm constantly working on so many different projects. Um, but they think they're very supportive of me, and they've always been super supportive and interested in, in like my life with the Jewish people. So they've always thought it was super cute and like fun, like everything I tell them about my experiences. Now, how do you explain to some of the children that you're not Jewish? Do they ask you questions like about Christmas and Halloween and other? Yeah, the second. So sometimes they can pick up right away, depending if I'm not dressed me as or if I have my hair a different way. If I'm not Jewish, they'll be like, you're not Jewish. And then, but some kids don't even have the thought to cross their mind that I'm not Jewish. Some kids also think, oh, she's Jewish, but she's maybe not religious. But then when I kind of explain to them, like, oh, I'm not actually Jewish, sometimes it comes up when I maybe ask them a question about homework or I maybe pronounce something wrong or I pronounce a name incorrectly. That's when they start to realize, oh, she's not Jewish. And then all the questions come. They ask me about Christmas or Halloween, but it's not like they're inquiring about what it's about. They're more so like, oh, so you're not Jewish, so that means you celebrate Christmas and Halloween? And I'm like, yeah, most people who um, are not Jewish, they do. <laughs> um, it just is a simple tradition and holiday for all of us. But I always tell them, I only celebrated Halloween as a kid, really. I don't celebrate it now. <laughs> now, how did you learn all the complex laws of cow? You mentioned about the meat and dairy, but a lot more than meat and dairy. So give us an idea. How did you learn all the complex laws of keeping kosher? Well, 
obviously my followers teach me a lot as well, which I'm super grateful for because now like I can have a conversation with an adult online super, super casually and super quickly. And, but I honestly, it's literally just the kids, like the kids teach me everything. And like, now I really know so much. I'm so excited because I'm in New York. I already got to eat at Wing Street, West Wing, West Wing. I got to eat at West Wing. My first kosher restaurant experience. I didn't get to go inside. I just got it like to go, which I could have because I'm totally wearing like sneeze outfit right now. I'm also going to Crawford's because that area is around a kosher grocery store and something like some challah or baked goods to take home or maybe the green Doritos. Okay, that was your first. That's the gourmet glad, right? Your first. Experience. Yeah, yeah. Was that that wasn't your first kosher supermarket that you went to, was it? So I actually just was talking to the owner of Boca Grove this Shabbos, and he was saying to to make sure to come into Boca Grove so that they can actually show me some good some good experience because the only time I ever was in a kosher supermarket before Gourmet Glot was way before I realized anything about Judaism or even worked for Jews. I literally thought it was just some random kosher supermarket that was like had special food i don't know and then i got in there and was like this is different and the people in here are different and i feel like i shouldn't be here but that's not the case and now so many people have come up to me been like you are so welcome to come to our supermarket we would love to see you there so i'm super excited to go to the one in boca now (laughs) our guest is adriana fernandez tiktok and instagram sensation COVID-19 variants are still around. It's a good thing there are new boosters targeted to take them out. The new bivalent boosters are here. Bullseye. Everyone five and older should get boosted today. To learn more, visit nyc.gov slash vaccine finder or call 877-VAX4NYC. non-Jewish nanny, and she knows more about kosher than most Jews do. She's Adriana Fernandez, and as you said, you can watch her on TikTok and Instagram. Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to the program, Mom, Zev Brenner. Our guest for a little while longer is a sensation on TikTok and on Instagram. She's a non-Jewish nanny to the Orthodox Jewish community, an opera singer, Adriana Fernandez. And uh, she has gotten a lot of attention. A lot of people really enjoy listening to her. Uh, let me just ask uh, Adriana, so where does it go from here? Are you going to be doing beyond Florida? Do you do New York as well? Yeah, kind of. Uh, I have a lot of people from New York that visit me here. And I hope to come, like, I hope to try to take a couple trips to New York to come visit other people up there in different locations. Now, Florida has been your main base. Is it Miami? Which areas of Florida? Um, Yeah, like, honestly, anywhere from from Miami to Boca. Miami to Boca. And you, and where in New York would you like to be? Have you done Brooklyn? I know you went to Gourmet Glot. I assume you went to the one on Long Island. I went to the one in Woodmere. So I've been to five towns. But I kind of want to go to like Brooklyn and uh, maybe Lakewood and New Jersey or I don't know where else, but other big places where all my other people are that like want me to come meet their kids and stuff. <laughs> wow. Wow. So how do the kids relate to you when they find out that you're from a different religion, but you know so much about Judaism? 
they're like they're happy like they're they're not so they're they're just more so at first just confused that I'm not Jewish and don't live my life like them but then they're just like it's not necessarily about like my religion or anything it's more so about the fact that they're just like oh like so you don't keep Shabbos like you don't eat kosher like oh okay like interesting and then they ask me all types of other questions that I'm like yeah no I don't I don't go to school I I don't uh, I don't know Hebrew all that stuff I don't have a Hebrew name that type of stuff so cute but have you been learning some Yiddish some Hebrew on the job I'm sure you have yeah yeah for sure I just finished show off show off show off yeah I just finished learning all of these um but my I mean my day-to-day words are Yiddish for sure um, but then like learning all of phase is so cute. Some of my kids saw my videos and then they're like, can you sing it for us in person? I was like, yes, of course. That's why I learned it. Wow. Wow. That's, that's really amazing. And, uh, are you now, how many TikTok followers have you had since you really, um, embraced the Orthodox Jewish community? I mean, um, so TikTok, I started before Instagram, Instagram right now, I have like 25,000 TikTok, I have less because I've been kind of focusing on Instagram at the moment. So they're about the same range, like 20,000, 25,000. Yeah. 25,000. That's very good. And growing. Yeah. Wow. Did you, did you ever anticipate that you have such a big following and that's no. growing? No, not at all. Wow. Not wow. At all. Now, what about Facebook? I don't touch Facebook, to be honest with you. It's just simply because I couldn't really handle another platform right now. Like the other two are very like, I feel like I can barely balance TikTok and Instagram at the same time. So between nannying, singing, doing marketing work, TikTok and Instagram, like my life is so slammed right now. Uh, we have lots of fans out there. And I assume a lot of the young, very young people are your fans too. The little, little kids for sure. Apparently they watch my videos on their parents' phone. <laughs> Uh, and yeah i get i get stopped a lot now it's crazy so let's go let's go to joe in the upper west side i'm having sorry about it. here you go your question again so um out of your um upcoming holidays like how would uh you rank them i guess hanukkah Pesach, like I'm, I'm not sure if you've done hanukkah yet but like how would you rank them as your favorite hanukkah or pesach as your favorite which one would you rate uh Pesach, I think. I think Pesach is more interesting and foreign, in my opinion. My favorite, though, I talk about all the time is Sukkot or Sukkot. I think Sukkot is the best. But then I think Pesach is going to be the most interesting to learn. And I'm like I said, I'm starting a whole new series on like learning the ins and outs of Pesach. So um, I'm really excited to like understand the full extent of the countertop and then the matzah, all that stuff. I've got an email request. They want to know is can you say some Yiddish words or Hebrew words? They want to hear you. They want you to show off. Okay. So I learned that Gesundheit is bless you in both German and in, I'm guessing, Yiddish because I learned that in my podcast. Uh, I guess sometimes I get confused with my, with what my Hebrew words and Yiddish words are. So, I mean, I know, well, obviously we know muksa would be like what we don't do on Shabbos. I, I think that's a Hebrew word. I'm not sure exactly. Um, as for kids, I know the words poch or popsky. As for like my other Yiddish words, you'd have to ask me specific questions. And like, I can't just come up with them on the fly, even though sometimes I do like sneeze or I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Is there a specific word that they're how like? About, how about chant? 
Shawland, yeah. I mean, I tried Shawland. <laughs> I tried all that. I tried gavilta fish, Shawland. Um, I tried challah, obviously hummus. That's another one they like me to say, not hummus, hummus. So um, all my words, I never know if they're Hebrew or if they're Yiddish, to be honest. Davening, that's another word where I think it's Yiddish. Um, Yiddish, uh-huh. Tefillah, that's another word. Tzedakah, that's another word I know. Shul. Shul, okay. Okay. Kishka, Kogel. Yeah. I also know um, Narishkeit. I learned that one too. Narishkeit, okay. Narishkeit, yeah. <laughs> I see that teaching you all the important words. Yeah. Such random words, I feel like, but I know them. Okay. I, you have a whole bunch of TikToks. Some of them are musical. Some of them are actual uh, verbal. How many of them do you have out there? It seems like you have a whole bunch of them on TikTok. I don't know. I'd have to check. I started my TikTok first, and I was able to post on TikTok more frequently because, like, I was doing less, but now I'm doing more. So it's it's getting harder for me to post and nanny and teach and do everything else I do. But I'm I'm trying to keep up with it all. Like I said, I've been up since five a.m. So like, yeah, we're gonna keep on to three moments more. Here's here's just another email question for you. <laughs> How did you learn the ches, the chesed, the Hanukkah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that's probably just because I've sang opera my entire life, and we take diction training for German, French, and Italian. And the Chach is a very, very commonly used word in German um, or sound in German. So German and Yiddish are very similar together just because of geographical reasons. And so, um, yeah, like it's really in my nature to be able to imitate languages very quickly. And, and I'm very good at German. So they're, they're, they cross over a lot. Like I said, Gesundheit is the same in German as it is in in uh, Yiddish, apparently, or Hebrew. I, I think it's Yiddish, but yeah, I, I've learned a lot. Here's an email question. Good vach. I assume you know what good vach is, right? Good vach? Well, it means yeah. after Shabbos. After, after Shabbos, Shabbos right. So our listener, right, good vach, could you please spell her name on her Instagram account? Somehow I can't find her on TikTok. So if you can just spell that uh, information What's so people in... can find you. Oh, my name? Yes. It's How just do they non- find you on TikTok or on Instagram? Oh, it's just non-Jewish nanny. So all lowercase, non-Jewish nanny. N-O-N-J-E-W-I-S-H-N-A-N-N-Y. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they shouldn't look for your name. They should just look for non-Jewish nanny. Yeah, I used to have it as my name, but it just became more more... It made more sense just to keep it as non-Jewish nanny and keep my personal name like on my personal things, which it is my only account at this point anyways. But <laughs> are you still doing opera singing? Yeah, I had my I had an audition for a company today. Um, that's why I'm wearing like a fancy dress right now. So um, it went well. So I my opera season, though, starts already. Uh, it started last week. So, yeah, I definitely, like I said, just busier and busier these days. And this is about Yom Kippur. It's the most important day for the Jewish people. On the 10th day of, do I say this, Tishrei or Tishrei? Tishrei. Tishrei. We daven and ask for forgiveness. Are you going to daven tonight? Or did you already daven this morning? No. You don't daven yet? No. Only you, only you daven when you have your bar mitzvah or your bar mitzvah or if you're going to, only if you're not sick. Oh, the Suda. She's Adriana Fernandez. You can watch her on TikTok and Instagram. Bye.
That's all the time we have for you. Go to TalkLineNetwork.com for a full schedule of our programs. Listen to us 24 hours a day. Stay tuned next year. So, Safless, mind your business. Thanks for listening. This is the TalkLine Network. I'm Zev Brenner. Shalom.